Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Employment Notebook, where we break down a variety of workplace topics just for you. And we have managers in our sites today as we look to give them some insight into becoming successful leaders and really get the most out of their team by utilizing some coaching skills versus, you know, just being a manager. To discuss this topic, we have Martha Diesterhoff on the phone. Martha brings with her over 20 years of experience in human resources and human capital solutions, as well as more than 10 years as an executive coach. And she comes to us also as a partner with People Results. Martha, how are you doing today? I'm just great. Thanks, Tim. Well, it's an interesting topic. For yourself, what sort of personal experience do you have in this area in terms of maybe receiving or utilizing some of those coaching tactics that we'll talk about? Sure. Well, I I feel like in terms of receiving coaching, I've been really blessed that I've had some great managers and bosses over my career. I've also had an executive coach uh, that I've worked with. And, you know, for those people, what made them stand out and for me and and really helped me in my career was around the fact that they challenged me by giving me some stretch assignments. They were accessible and supported me. So I felt like I was, I was challenged, but I also got that sense that they weren't going to let me fail Hmm. uh, because they were very supportive. You know, they taught me early to come to them with, you know, I I couldn't just come with the problem. I had needed to come with some options for solutions as well. And they really would ask good questions uh, that would challenge my thought process and force me to dig deeper. So they didn't necessarily take kind of that surface answer, Mm -hmm. if you will, but would ask more to to make me really think through it. You know, then in terms of giving back or, you know, delivering some coaching, um, you know, before I was just external and, you know, working as an executive coach, when I had people reporting to me, I really tried to model that same behavior. And I think that's one of the key things that managers can give their employees. Number one, they're developing them, but they're modeling a behavior that they can take then to trickle down and and they can work with their direct reports as well. Sure. So, you know, it's, um, you know, I've just tried to model that. And, and, you know, it's one of those things you do have to kind of assess where that person is. You know, if they're new, they do need a little more direction as opposed to asking questions. But as they evolve and develop, then, you know, shifting more to asking more questions versus telling them and directing them what to do. As I, you know, we will get into some details about, um, you know, maybe some examples and ways that managers can utilize some of these skills we're talking about. But as a general premise, is there something you could say, summarize to give people an idea of what we're talking about when we're diving into the thought process of coaching skills? I mean, is there a definition you have in mind? Um, I think it comes down to it's different than just giving feedback and then giving them suggestions about what to do differently. It's more around asking questions. You know, so when you give the feedback, you're, you talk about your observations or what you heard and really what the impact was on whatever that behavior is you're giving feedback about. Right. And then asking them, you know, what was their perspective on that situation? And then what are their ideas about what they could do differently? So again, it, it kind of goes more to probing, asking, you know, thought provoking questions. Sure. 
why do you think then this is such an important topic for anyone listening possibly, but especially those that are managers, maybe have direct reports? What makes it so important in your mind? Well, I think it really comes down to how you're developing your people. And, you know, when you're developing people in a a positive way, not only are their skills and capabilities, you know, improving, the business results improve along the way. So I think it helps in terms of retention and making sure that you're keeping keeping the good people. It definitely makes sense. We've had a number of shows that, you know, it talks about people leave their manager, they don't leave their job. So I, I think this definitely falls in line with what you're talking about. Well, let's jump into some of the specific aspects a little bit. And you've touched on some of it, you know, the approach being more of a ask versus tell or a conversation. I mean, is that really the biggest component or are, I mean, where else could you go with that conversation in terms of the benefits from that philosophy or approach of asking versus telling? Well, I think what it comes down to is it, when you ask questions, it becomes a dialogue. Mm-hmm. It becomes a two-way conversation versus a one-way where you're directing them, this is what you need to go do and go forth and execute. And when you have that that dialogue, you really begin to discover more about how your your direct reports, you know, what their capabilities are. So kind of understanding what their thought process is, are they able to come up with some other solutions? And it really, from that, then you can develop them even further. No, you know, be able to pinpoint, you know, some other areas where they may need some, some more help. So it really... When you have that dialogue, I mean, if you think about just your own relationships, personal or whatever, if there's somebody that you feel like you can talk to and communicate with more freely, that relationship is very different than if you're just taking orders, so sure. to speak. So it really you know, can make a, an inv- a big difference in just the work environment in general. So how might that sound or look if somebody, uh, say you're a manager, you want to go to one of your team members and you have some sort of task or they need to solve a problem for you, what would that sound like in a coaching style versus just being a manager and assigning them a project, so to speak? In terms of, let's, let's say that there, you've been in a situation where you've observed how they've performed. Mm-hmm. Let's say they, you're in a client meeting and you know, it would be the difference of a, would be words like, you know, let's say in that meeting, they didn't, you weren't pleased with how they interacted with the client. Sure. So you might say, I thought you were rude in the meeting this morning as you interrupted Sally several times and you cut her off. I need you to really listen to let her finish her thoughts before you jump into your point of view. So basically you're giving some, some feedback. You're making some evaluative statements, meaning, you know, in that you said you thought that she, that person was rude. Right. And then you're just telling them, I need you, you know, what to do. I need you to be quiet, listen, <laughs> and let her finish her thoughts. <laughs> and then, so on the other hand, if you took more of a coaching approach, you would give some feedback and talk about the impact. So it might be something like, in the client meeting this morning, I noticed you interrupted Sally several times, cutting her off before she had finished making her point. Based on that, you came across as not listening, and I felt you made some assumptions that were not true. What was going on there? And so then you pause and you just listen uh, to to understand their perspective mm-hmm. about what the situation was. And then from there, you know, you might want to, you, you know, the conversation, again, depending on what they say, the conversation could 
could evolve um, in terms of asking more questions about what they could do differently um, and and then getting them to come up with, you know, what the next step might be. Sure. Yeah, it clearly does show that difference between how the conversation really, as you said, more of a conversation versus, uh, um, you know, informing someone, well, this is what I saw, this is what happened and and moving on. I think that does give our listeners an idea of, of where we're going with this. Along those same lines, you've mentioned a couple times the idea of development how is that different with coaching in terms of a difference between trying to maybe fix an employee versus that developing aspect? Where is where is that, I guess, separation between those two ideas? The notion of fixing someone, to me, is more about making them more like you. Huh. Because, okay. you know, you have your own ideas about how they should behave and right. perform, which is based typically on your own, you know, kind of, history background what you you know what's made you successful so that must be what can make anybody successful and so you know in that mode of trying to fix someone you're basically directing them to do the work the way you would do it without taking time to get their ideas about how they could do something differently when we talk about trying to be that coach and develop I mean do you have any specific advice or any tactics strategies that you could offer up to give managers out there, again, a better idea of what this might sound like or look like, or any other examples that come to mind that really sort of belabor the point we're talking about? Yeah, again, it's around asking more open-ended questions okay. and really listening. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times people go through the motions of, you know, asking questions, but it's it's clear that they're not, either they're not really listening, they're really thinking about, okay, what am I going to say next? Mm-hmm. Or this is where I need them to go. So I'm going to ask a leading question that kind of boxes them in, you know, where it's uh, kind of a clear, like, you're not going to want to do that, are you? <laughs> right? I mean, is that, that's, that's a question, but it's kind of a leading question and, you know, where the other person is going to feel obligated to answer the way they think you want them to answer. So, you know, I think I kind of see kind of a line of questioning. There's kind of these four stages so it might start with, you know, like in the example I gave before where we kind of laid out the situation and the impact and then I, you know, basically said what was going on there. So it's kind of this foundational stage of asking questions to get at what's up, what's going on with you in this situation. And then after hearing that, then asking questions to say, okay, what's so? So again, that may be your perspective. So is there, would there be another conclusion that, that might come about mm-hmm. based on what you just said? And then getting to, to them to start into the solution phase. And so to ask questions around what's possible. So could be questions around, you know, are there other ways for interpreting that information? Or what else could have been, ha- you know, how else could you have handled that? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you could imagine doing? You know, to again, get to getting them to think about this in a little more thoughtfully there. And then finally, to ask questions about taking action, kind of let's go, you know, what are the next steps? So uh, it might be questions about, you know, when do you want to implement this? Or when do you think you could have that completed? Or, you know, how can I support you 
as you take these actions going forward. And I do appreciate you giving the listeners out there the idea of what these questions would sound like and the idea of that open-ended and keeping it flexible, really, as opposed to, as you mentioned before, this finite idea of what should be done and the expectations. Uh, Again, I think our listeners can latch on to those specific ideas that you brought up. Of course, it's always difficult to recognize our faults or where we need to maybe pick uh, pick up the slack a little bit, even if you're a manager and maybe you've been doing it for a long time. With that in mind, what are some common mistakes that managers could maybe keep in the back of their mind to watch out for that, uh, you know, that maybe need correcting or some sort of development or movement towards these coaching skills? What would you point to as those common mistakes that occur? Well, you know, some of the things I kind of talked about before where they may go through the motions of asking questions or asking those leading questions. And I think, you know, the other thing is around, um, and this this kind of goes back and goes to really just a, a communication approach in general, but remaining objective mm. um, in giving the feedback and really focusing on what the facts were. So what be- specific behavior did you observe or words that you heard them say and feeding that back to them versus making evaluative comments. Like in the example I gave, you know, I thought you were rude. You know, so it would be, you would have to watch out for your sentence that starts with, I thought, or I think, Mm, um, because that shifts into kind of more an evaluative type of sentence, if you will, versus when you talk about, I, you know, use words like I felt, that is basically getting at the impact that that behavior had. So it was, it's stating your observation and then be specific. Oftentimes, managers give feedback that's pretty general. You know, let's say somebody did a really great job in a presentation. You know, to say, hey, you did a great job. Okay, well, that's nice, but specifically, what did I do that made it great? So giving examples of, you know, you, it was great that you repeated the questions to make sure everybody heard, you know, or you did a great job with the visuals you used. There weren't too many words. You really, you know, picked some imagery that got the message across. So, again, being really specific. And then, finally, on the listening piece, I mean, that's the big part of communication, I think. Right. That sometimes it's overlooked. <laughs> but really to listen and to be present in the moment, not to be thinking about what I'm going to say next. And listen with your eyes, too. So if you're in a face-to-face conversation, noting, you know, paying attention to the body language that's going on. If it's a, you know, a conference call or something where you're not physically with them, where you can't see them, pay attention to the tone of voice or the silence. And if there's something that seems off, don't just gloss over it, but stop and acknowledge it. Say, you know, it seems like you're not on board with this or, you don't agree with what I'm saying here. Let, you know, let's talk about that. What, what's going on? So again, kind of really taking full advantage of that listening and, um, and building on that, you know, because again, it just creates more of a dialogue. Well, those are all terrific pieces of advice here. And I think a great way to really wrap things up. 
on the show today. Unfortunately, we're going to have to close out this edition of Employment Notebook and our conversation about some of these coaching skills that managers can use to be more effective on their day-to-day lives and their business. Our guest today has been Martha Diesterhoft. Again, she is a partner with People Results, and you can find them at people-results.com. Martha, thanks again for sharing your insight with us. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate the invite to be on the show. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listener. If you have any comments or suggestions, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can share any of your thoughts there related to our podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.